Is Antarctica on your travel to-do list? Stay tuned for a review of Silver Sea Expeditions to Antarctica. Joining me today to review this Silver Sea Antarctica adventure are Tina Herr and Jennifer Walters of Cruise and Travel Experts. Both Tina and Jennifer have been meeting the needs of their clients in and around Michigan and across the country for the last 20 plus years. Hi, ladies. Welcome to RTE Travel Talk. Thank you for having us. Hello. It's great to have you with us. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of interviewing Tim Om, sales director for Silver Sea Mark marketing and expeditions. And during the course of the interview, Tim happened to mention that he was leading a group of travel advisors to the Antarctic for an expedition. Now, if you'll pardon the play on words, Antarctica is a hot destination for a lot of our viewers and listeners. And I gather that you two were one of two of the folks that sailed with Tim on, on this expedition. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. So I've got a ton of questions both for myself and from viewer comments. So why don't we start with just you guys giving us a little bit of a 30,000 foot level of the expedition, when you went, how long how long were you gone for, how many were on board, et cetera. How does that sound? Sounds great. Perfect. I'll go ahead and start off. It We did in November, the day right after Thanksgiving, we were off and running and ended up down in Santiago to start off. Right. And we spent a night in Santiago from there, they picked us up, took us down to Puna Arenas on one of their charter flights, Silver Seas, and then also had one night in Puna Arenas. Once we did that, we were able to catch a flight over the Drake Passage, which is a, a new type of program that they have, Silver right. Seas. We went and landed in King George Island, and then we were taken to the ship by Zodiac for six nights on that ship. And then basically did the reverse coming back once we were done with the cruise. Um, and during that time, we got to explore wonderful areas of Antarctica, uh, places that we never would have dreamed of being at. Right at on. That time. Right on. Yeah. It was Sounds like a fantastic adventure. Did you guys have a good time? It was amazing. Yes. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> incredible. So one of the number one questions we get is how cold was it there? You know, it's 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 their summer, so um, I think people are shocked to hear that it's 31 to 45 degrees given the time of year that you go really? during the winter months here in the U.S. Right. And so it can be very, very mild. We live in Michigan. We get pounded during the winter months, and it was actually colder here in Michigan when we were in Antarctica. <laughs> um, so we had mild, you know, we had some sunny days and very, very comfortable weather conditions. So that probably made for some, I wish you were here, Facebook posts from <laughs> from where you were <laughs> up to your friends up in Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> ironically, yes. So tell us a little bit more about the, the itinerary, ladies, and just what you experienced. We were one of the, I would say, lucky ones. Our group was due to the fact that depending on the uh, Chichilian Air Force, depending on what time they allow us to actually get on and fly over the Drake Passage, get on a plane and fly over it. We weren't very excited, but it was a 2 a.m. wake up oh, and wow. um, we had to go, you know, get ready and get on that plane. Right. However, because of the fact that we did that, 
we were in uh, King George Island by, I want to say 11 a.m. Well, I should say we were on the ship by 11 a.m. We were sailing at that time and that's not normal for them. Normally, I believe their departure time is usually around 4 p.m. So we were able to leave King George Island a little bit early and we got to discover some areas that they hadn't been able to get to, you know, as of yet. So we didn't stop at the normal destinations, you know, shall you say, when it comes to Antarctica. We were able to go to a little bit further just because we had such a good start. So we did, of course, the peninsula the Antarctic Peninsula. It was like Warren Harbor. We did a lot of coves and harbors where we would anchor for the day or for the morning and then have an expedition of some kind either by Zodiac and do a landing is what they call it and get to explore, hike, see different colonies of penguins. If you were chosen that day, you could kayak, perhaps. And then we would move to a different location that afternoon. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Again, all weather dependent, safety is number one, but our day was spent on expedition experiences. So you had an expedition Um, pretty much every day that you were there, and sometimes probably, I think I recall from talking to Tim, because of the way Silver Sea handles it, you could actually get two landings in a day in some cases. Was that right? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Now, you guys mentioned mentioned that you flew over the Drake Sea. Now, what I do know is that's one of the things about an Antarctic Antarctic expedition is Mm -hmm. that a lot of these places have to spend quite a lot of time sailing through the Drake Passage. And that can get quite rough and makes for a bit of a less than comfortable ride for folks. Uh, is this yes, business of right. flying a new thing with Silver Sea? And do you recommend it? I think within the last couple of years, just started this process. Right. Now, when we were in one of our daily briefings on the ship, they showed us what we actually missed <laughs> flying over the Drake Passes you know, instead of actually sailing the Drake Passage. Okay. We were looking at 15 to 25 foot swells. <laughs> For two days. For two days. <laughs> Believe me. No. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, I hear you. You, um, you, but, you, get, you get there and you got to you spend a day getting, getting over being green. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The flying, I would recommend to any person, if they're going to do expedition like this, they yep. need to do the fly, most definitely. It's it's the only way to do it, yep. <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. My plus, opinion. I would and plus then, I, yeah. plus I would expect it probably gives you more time. Yes. For expeditions, right? Yeah. Yep. So, what yeah. was the flight like? What was the flight like landing in Antarctica? Actually, it was like you didn't really even notice that you are flying onto a Chilean Air Force base that has gravel as a runway. Okay. It's not it's not like our airports here where we've got the nice, you know, yeah. cement runways. It's all gravel. You didn't notice anything about that. The flight itself, you felt like you were being spoiled a little bit. You oh, know, really? especially when they come to you and they hand you a plate of food and it's a real plate <laughs> and real silverware. <laughs> um, and the food was edible. <laughs> You know, we felt like we were being a little spoiled. So um, no, so they didn't, they weren't handing out packs of pretzels and peanuts then, obviously. No, <laughs> no. And 
it was food that Silver Seas yeah. makes on their ships. And, you know, so that was really nice. And another thing, we were, you know, blessed with like a really clear day. Yeah. So Tina was sitting by the window and we could look, look down. She got some amazing pictures. Mm -hmm. And there was just glaciers upon glaciers. And the it was so beautiful to look outside the our plane window and we found out that Chile has 50% of the glaciers on earth in their country. So yeah. it was just amazing to be able to see that and fly over and see our actual expedition ship high above and see the Zodiacs dropping off our, the passengers that were getting off the ship and we were about to embark on. Yeah. It was exciting. <laughs> they got the adrenaline flowing. <laughs> I can tell just from talking to you, you're 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 reliving it, and I I'm getting to, to live it vicariously through you guys. Yes, it's <laughs> easy to do. So, how did you find the ship? The Silver Endeavor is quite a ship, as far as I know. How were the accommodations on board, and was it just travel advisors on 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 this particular one, or did we was there a mix of passengers? You got yeah, it. okay. Yeah, there were a mix of guests. We had, I think what, 14 cabins on board the ship with travel advisors. So that was that was our what consisted of our group right. with Tim Am. The suite accommodations are gorgeous. Everyone has a suite. Everyone has a butler. Everyone has a balcony. So it's just understated elegance, I think, mm -hmm. is what we decided really describes it perfectly. You are casual. You're in your gear. You know, you're doing expeditions twice a day. And then you can go in with with that gear and have the most delicious lunch, breakfast, whatever, and in this elegant ship. So it was amazing. So with the <laughs> suites and the balconies and the service for prior Silver Sea clients, they're not probably going to find a lot of difference then other than the size of the ship, right? No, they're not going to see any difference. One of the things that stuck out to me is that here you are, as Jennifer said, that you're in all of this gear and you're you're going back and forth, you know, onto land or just doing a zodiac cruise and you're coming back in and you're just casual. You're you're in jeans or you're in, you know, some type of warming, like wickening outfit. And it was okay. Nobody looked down on like, oh, you're wearing that, you know, because we're in this beautiful luxurious ship yeah like she said that's how we kind of came up with that it's an understated elegance we really felt like we were pampered beyond what we would even expect i mean the food was just excellent yeah hands down which seemed weird because you're in such a desolate isolated <laughs> place in the world you can't just go to another port and restock yeah, yeah. The food was delicious. We couldn't yes. believe. It's amazing how they how, yeah. how they do that. There was tons of opportunities too. To you're not always having the same type of meal, so right. they had you know variety, which was nice as well. That's great. Yeah. How many restaurants were on board so, the Silver Endeavor? They had four restaurants. Really? Wow. Um, four restaurants. There was an Italian restaurant. Um, kind of a main dining restaurant that just had a little bit of everything. And then we had the steak house, which was called the grill. Yep. That one was basically all windows at the back of the ship. It's it was one of our favorites. We love just gorgeous. And it was a great place to eat for lunch, you know, and to be able to sit there and look out at what it's you just gorgeous. went out and experienced. 
And then they also had the French restaurant that we did not try that one. There was a $60 upcharge for that one yes. per person. But other than that, you know, all every included. restaurant was all included, including your beverages, which, you know, would be wine, beer, any type of drink that you would want at that point in time. Now, we had the pr- privilege of sailing with Silver Sea in December. And one of the things that Deb and I noticed and we really, really enjoyed was meeting the, the other guests on board. It was just a fantastic mi- mix of people. And everybody just kind of happy to be there. And there's kind of a myth sometimes it's, people think, well, this is a luxury line. There's going to be a bunch of snobs on it. But it was, it was just wonderful, a wonderful experience. Did you find the same thing? Yes, yes. Yeah. The people on there are wonderful. Everyone was, believe it or not, I never saw an unhappy face. <laughs> Everyone had a smile on their yeah. face the whole time. The idea of being able to go and do all these expeditions and explore out out and about in Antarctica, but yet you come back onto a luxurious ship and you're pampered and and you can just sit and look back and think, okay, what did we do today? What was our adventures today? Everyone had a different story of the type of adventure that they, they had. Even though we're all in the same place, right. everyone had a different type of story. So that was really interesting to me that we all were in on the same landing, but yet there was something different that each person had a story to tell. And everybody gets together and shares stories in the evening time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Speaking of stories and stuff, what kind of wildlife did you get to see for the most part? Well, unfortunately, Tina didn't get to see her orcas, no. killer whales. Um, they're a little bit harder to find. Yeah. But, uh, you know, humpback whales, a variety of seals, lots of different penguins, just beautiful. Yeah. Um, when we did get to kayak on our beautiful sunny last day, we had six curious penguins that followed our kayaks behind us that were jumping. Oh, really? <laughs> water, three different species yeah. that were swimming together, which was very, very cool. But, you know, Just absolutely amazing experiences. It's those little experiences that stay with you, whether you're a travel advisor or just a guest. Right. You're going to always going to remember those penguins following the kayaks. I know. Yeah, I know. Now, I wasn't able to see my orca. Yeah. However, the sailing prior to us, right, actually, that actually they had three orcas swimming right next to their Zodiac the week before. <laughs> you can find them. It's just yeah. they're a little elusive. So. Yeah. But I loved how when you, you hopped in, the, in our first Zodiac experience on our first evening or night, we were in this beautiful harbor. They turned off the motor to the Zodiac, which only had about 10 of us in it. Yes. And here was a humpback that was breaching. And it was so quiet and still we could hear it blow. Oh, wow. So loud. And then it... It trumped. It, yes, it, it trumped. It, it was trumpeted. Trumpeted. Thank you. It pinched me moments just over and over and over again. So was that your favorite moment? Oh, boy, no, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think our ice flow experience is our top yes, one, right? Yes, our ice flow. So <laughs> we were, I say we were one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Um, there, yeah. We did our first landing. It was the first day, first landing. And all of a sudden we get, Jen and I trek up to the top of this mountain and we're told that we have to get down. Right. 
as, as soon as possible. Right. We don't have any time to really play around and check out the penguins. The reason for that is because ice flow started coming into the bay. And okay, yes. The weather turned on us. Yes. Yep. So by the time that we got down, they were you know, putting people on the Zodiacs to try to get them to the ship. Problem was, is that all that ice surrounded all the Zodiacs. Okay. So we were one of them, one of the Zodiacs that were in the middle of this bay mm -hmm. on a Zodiac and the ice was all around us. And here we are thinking, oh, wow, this is just so neat. You know, this is, <laughs> this is really cool. And our driver of the Zodiac, he's panicking, not showing it. He was yeah. phenomenal, but they, they had to have the ship actually back up into the ice right. and throw the thrusters on to break up the ice for us to move. <laughs> we didn't realize that, you know, but that's what they had to do. And when the expedition team at the end of our, of the six nights asked everyone, what was your favorite moment? Most of them who were in the ice stated it was being in the ice on those Zodiacs, not able to get anywhere. And the Zodiac team said, you guys were all excited. We were panicking. Here we are panicking. We need to get you to the ship. Make sure you're okay because you don't realize that we might be stuck out here. So, you know, but it, that wouldn't have happened. No, but he, you know, was very, it was just an awe moment of how Antarctica can just spring up all of a sudden yeah. this you know, major ice flow. Yeah, but in talking with Tim, safety is their number one priority and concern. So they never, they, they go whatever the way not to put any of their guests in harm's way. Yeah, exactly. before they, um, before we even, our, our group is even announced to go to our station to get geared up and all of that to get on our Zodiac, they have a whole scout crew that goes out and surveys that, particular port that we're stopping at or anchoring in to make sure that our landing is safe, that the weather is going to be okay. They, they review that all the evening before in the briefing. They review the weather, the potential hazards, what they're looking out for. You're never in the dark of what is going on and your safety. You know, you yeah. always feel perfectly yeah. safe. Speaking of the scenery and the glaciers and that sort of stuff that was un unbelievable i would expect yes yes jen what's this what's this i hear about zodiac side service on yeah. when, <laughs> when, you, when you're out and about i know we were on the zodiac and all of a sudden we we have a surprise for you today and they motor on over to some of the expedition team that was in another zodiac and they handed out glasses of champagne and hot chocolate and there we sit amongst this beautiful backdrop this beautiful scenery with mountains and ice and icebergs and we're sipping champagne it's it's just it's like really amazing <laughs> it's just really absolutely amazing so the excursions how do you how do you get to do the excursions do you have to sign up for them or are they all included as part of your program no. tell us a little bit about that yeah you don't need to sign up for anything it's all part of your cruise fare that you paid for so you can decide if you want to go or not you are automatically signed up okay um, the only thing you do have to take a special safety course for and get selected in a lottery type system is to kayak okay and on our particular ship we had a lot of avid kayakers including ourselves right so we did get to go on our very last day we were finally selected <laughs> and we had a beautiful sunny day surrounded by glaciers 
you know, some of the glaciers captured the light and oh, they turned gorgeous. that vibrant blue. We were just surrounded by that in glistening, sunny day. I, I just, again. And to top it off, we had those penguins, those yeah. penguins that were following our kayaks. So it was, <laughs> right. it was phenomenal. You guys are sitting there dressed in orange. Are those your jackets? What, 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 are, what are we jackets. looking at here? We're looking, yep. It's our silver, so silver seas. I don't know if you can yeah. see it. Oh, but yes, yes, yes. You get to keep them. They're a keepsake. Yes. They're amazing, especially we, we get to go back to Michigan winter. So we're, we've been using these very handy. a lot. Very handy. <laughs> but yeah, you get to keep your gear, reorder it. We assist you with all of that. Right. Ordering your gear ahead of time. The boots, the, everything arrives in Punta Arenas the night before you, you fly out to Antarctica. Right. So you get to try it on. If it doesn't fit, you go downstairs in your hotel and they swap it out. It, it's a very easy, seamless yeah. No, now, program. you do have to go and make sure you've purchased some things just yes. to stay a little bit on the warm side. Okay. If, especially if you're like me, I'm I'm a cold person. So right. she's not really. Well, but I, I'm always cold. So anything um, like, you know, the kind of like long john type type clothing that has wicking in it. Um, that's and really. Wool. Yeah. And wool. wool. That's really the main thing wool socks. I went and purchased gloves and mittens. So I had gloves underneath my mittens so that when I took off my mittens, if I wanted to take a picture with my phone, I was able to because the the gloves allowed me to do that without taking them off. And of course a hat, but really other than that, you know, Silver Seas gives you these jackets. They are nice and warm. You have two layers and you can take one layer off if you want, if it's, you know, too warm. And then you get uh, waterproof or pants. And then now the boots that they give, you have to give the boots back. I, I really actually liked them. They I were mean, very so. nice. You do have to give those back, but you are able. They're like muck yeah. yeah. You are able to go ahead and keep your gear or they even will, if you don't want to bring it home, they will actually take it and they bring it somewhere basically to give to, to donate to someone that actually needs a jacket or, you know, things like that. So that was really nice to hear. Fantastic. So I would expect if you were booking this adventure for some of your guests, you'd work with them to make sure that they had the list of stuff that they need. So that Silver Sea recommends and Yeah, there is definitely more preparation for this type of vacation for this type of experience a lot of steps to go through where you know we can certainly now that we've experienced it firsthand help you greatly so you don't feel overwhelmed right on right on so you mentioned everybody had their own pair of a uh, special pair of footwear and there's a entry room i believe with with boot warmers on on the silver endeavor what's what's that all about they call it a mud room mm-hmm. and basically what it is is you'll go down there you'll have your jacket you'll have your pants on but there are a place where you can keep your boots right. and you'll have a little a little um locker Okay. You'd be able to put your hat in and mittens or whatever you want to put in there. But the nice thing is, is the boots actually hang on these, I guess you could call them stick warmers. That's what I called them. Right. And if they get wet or anything inside, they get dried out for the next time that you go to, to utilize those. One of the things that this mudroom is for, besides getting ready or, you know, coming back and taking off the boots, you know, to go back onto the into the ship is that this is the area where we need to make sure that our boots are clean 
right. that we actually have put them in a solution on our return. There is like a brush that was on the floor and then it kind of was like a U-shaped brush and you would put your foot in there as you're coming off of the Zodiac and you would rub your foot back and forth through that and it was cleaning off any type of debris from your excursion. Yeah, they don't um, want any foreign bacterias or right. anything to come into Antarctica because no one owns Antarctica. No, right. They're real sticklers and for not getting the, the environment contaminated. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about the Zodiacs a little bit. With with Zodiacs, your landings are like I I know for example I know for example in the Galapagos with the Zodiac you do what's known as a wet landing um, where you pull up a pull up to the beach and you jump off and into the water and you wade in. Well, I can't imagine you're doing that in in Antarctica. So tell me a little bit about how you transitioned from the Zodiac to where you were going. No, that's exactly what you do. You do jump off into the water. Oh, you do? But you're right at shore. Yes. Yep. That's how you land is exactly what you said. You land right on the beach. Right. And then you get wet, but you're, you're, you have all waterproof gear on. So you stay nice and dry and comfortable. So okay. that's exactly. And then there's expedition team members that help you off the, off the, on or off and back on the Zodiac. Yeah. And there's different hand grips you have to use and all of that. And they tell you explicitly what you need to do. You also are wearing a life vest that is very compact, comfortable, doesn't even feel like you're wearing one. Right. So that you have to wear every time you have in a Zodiac as well. So very safe, fun, you know, getting up. And so you're not, but when, when you're doing a wet landing, you're not jumping off into three feet of water. You're jumping off into no. six inches of water probably, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What about the weather? Was any of the, any of your um, itinerary affected, affected by inclement weather? No, we didn't no. have any issues with inclement weather at we all. Really lucky. We lucky. Yes, we were, the sailing was probably one of their better weather sailings at that point in time. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you one day we're sitting there and we're, it's snowing, you know, and we're, we're walking up the trails. And then we had that ice flow that came in to another day where I have my jacket off. I'm hot. <laughs> now remember I'm from Michigan, yeah, but yeah. It, was, it was 41 degrees and trying to have your jacket on and, and, you know, walk around and kind of hike up a little ways and I ended up taking my jacket off, yeah. believe it or not. And I've got a great picture of it because, <laughs> because why, you wouldn't think someone would have their jacket off. Tina and, doesn't do that. And I don't do that, <laughs> but you wouldn't think someone would have their jacket off in, right. in Antarctica. The weather was actually very, very good for um, this type of excursion. So, But if we have inclement weather, they have new plans in place to move yeah. on, go somewhere where it's not inclement to be able to still do expeditions. It might not just, it might not be at that location right. that we intended to visit. So, so they, they, they've got the ability to shift gears. Yes. Adapt yeah. Yeah. very quickly. Yeah. So I hear one of you did the polar plunge. Yeah. Woo! Yes, I did. <laughs> not me. I chose not. I chose yes. not to plunge. Yes, right. Yep. Tina decided not to. It's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Yeah. If you can, if you have any inkling of oh, do I want to do that? Uh, fun, loud dance music is playing. You know, as you're waiting in the mud room for your turn, and um, they have a whole bar set up. So yeah. if you need uh, some liquid 
encouragement. I had a couple shots <laughs> to uh, lessen the nerves, but um, it's a lot of fun. Is a rite of passage. Um, it was for me. Some people decide it's not worth it. So it's your choice, obviously. But yeah, I never felt cold until that day. And I live in Michigan. Ticked off the bucket list. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. But very cool. The camaraderie right. from that experience. Was I bet. Yeah. Really neat. <laughs> really, really, really cool. So one of the things that Deb and I found when we were on the, the Silver Shadow in December was that the team on board was just absolutely fabulous. They couldn't do enough for you. How did you find your expedition team and the and the staff and the crew of the Silver Endeavor? They, I could not Excuse believe me. the knowledge <coughs> that they had. They either had multiple doctorates, uh, PhDs, and you could ask them any question and they had the answer. And if they didn't have the answer, you they would be like, you know what? I'll get that answer for you. And then usually in our daily briefings, they would come up and they would say a question was asked and they'll give you the answer. Phenomenal. Even the lectures that they put on, they put on some lectures as well. Lectures as in terms of, of wildlife, bird life. Yeah, I will tell you, we were astounded by the nightly brief or daily briefings. It wasn't just, okay, we're going to go here and then we're going to go here. There were maps up on the screen telling us exactly where we we're going. We knew exactly how far that was going to be. We knew if we were going into a harbor or into a bay, you know, they, they basically told us what we were going to expect. Oh, and, fantastic. Uh, and no one phenomenal. ever had a question after. No, no one. Yeah. Not, not one person yeah. because it was yeah. so informative and detailed. And fascinating. And yes. fascinating. Yeah. Yes. So tell me about a typical day. You get, a, you get up in the morning, you start your day. Like, right. what's the timeline? So, yeah, you know, you have time to have usually a leisurely morning. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're up and at them. You're right. not sleeping in or anything, but you're up and at them, you're, you're having a nice leisurely breakfast. You then, depending on what group you are, there's four groups, right? Depending what group you are that day, um, they brief that the night before as well, what timeline each group is. So you can plan your morning accordingly. And then, you know, you're going on your first, you know, expedition of the day, right. excursion of the day. And then you come back, you have a couple hours to have lunch, maybe enjoying the enrichment lecture of that day, whether it be on seals, whales, the white continent, and then you get ready to go out again, because now the ship is moving to the second location of the day. Okay. And then you're kayaking, you're zodiacing, you're landing, you're you know, doing whatever you're doing there. And then um, after you get back to refresh, go to the briefing that evening and then your dinner, wherever you decide to go that evening. And then you can dance, you can listen yeah. to the piano, you can go to bed, which we did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They're I big bet, days. I, mean, I bet you a lot of people it. went to bed because it sounds like a really big day. Yeah, but you go to bed smiling. Yeah. You do. Yeah. And you wake up and you open the curtains and you're like, Oh my gosh, look how beautiful it is again. <laughs> you are busy 100% of the time, but you don't have to go to the elect- the lectures if you don't want to the enrichment lectures. Mm-hmm. However, for me, I found me that that was the most informative, yeah. especially when you're not sure what you're seeing. Like I'm not a big bird person. I knew there were going to be penguins. Right. But Antarctica has a huge array 
of different species of bird. Oh, wow. I never would have imagined yeah. how how many there were. No, you wouldn't um, think. Yeah. No, but taking the enrichment lecture, I learned all about them so that when we went out, I was able to say, oh, that's right. I know what that is. Fantastic. Sure. So we talked earlier about safety being paramount for Silver Sea and pretty and really any any expedition team that's down there. Was there a doctor on board? Because I, I that's a question yeah. we kind of get from some of our viewers and listeners. You know, they're, right. they're, they're worried about that. Yes, they, there is a doctor on board. With that said, you know, you're, you're very remote. You're very isolated. So when you are planning a trip like this, you do need to take a, a look at your current overall health. Right. And make sure, you know, that you're comfortable with being so remote. Um, a helicopter can't just fly in yeah. and take you off the ship and take you a couple of miles to a port. There is no port. There is no hospital. So, you know, so, it's not to scare anyone away, but it is, you do need to look at your wellness. Well, you know, and it's probably worthwhile if you're considering this to make a phone call to your family doctor and, yes. and say, you know what, this is what I want to do. What do you think? Yes. And they right. can give, and they, they can probably give you a good clue in whether it's wise or not. Yeah. You know, if you have underlying health issues already, yeah. yes, do that. If you don't, then of course you of course, yeah. You know, go with it. So, what I will say with that is that there were people of all ages on this mm -hmm. excursion. A lot of people, when we talk about it, they're just like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know. I'm getting too old." Or, you know, there were tons of people anywhere from the range of probably 35, 40, right up into. I would say 75 there. It's a huge range age, but still you do want to check with your doctor, but most yeah. definitely your experience on these expeditions, you can make them what you want. Right. If you can't climb that mountain, you don't have to, you can just walk the trails, things like that. You're never you too know. old right. to do something like this because oh. it is yeah. such an experience. Yeah. So the key thing is if you know your limitations, age and you're, in, you're generally in good health, Age really isn't a factor. No. No. Yeah. How did the trip compare to what your expectations of it were going in? It surpassed a thousand yes. percent. And I <laughs> over was, and beyond. If you ask anyone, I was over the moon excited yeah. for this trip and it it blew, blew yeah. it away. Just it's hard to describe. I mean, I know we've been talking about it and mm -hmm. you can see our excitement and all of that and we hope that is contagious but anyone that follows in our footsteps and goes on something like this and experiences it they will say words cannot fully describe what you see and experience oh, and fantastic. that is true i was a little apprehensive because i don't like to be cold <laughs> but i'll tell you from the moment we got on that ship all of that went away yeah. it was so eye-opening to experience something that only a certain percentage of the world gets to actually experience. Five percent yes. of the yeah. world population will get to go to Antarctica. Oh, fantastic. Now, with the limited space on these ships, I would assume, number one, the availability on them is fairly tight. How far in advance do you think that if you're considering this, you should start if you're thinking, you know what, I want it, I want this is on my travel to-do list. How far in advance should I consider booking it? And when is the best time of year in your your guys' view that? Yeah, Tina and, Tina and I were talking about that yesterday. And I think we feel, you know, anywhere from nine months to two years out, depending on 
how you want to budget for this right. trip because yeah. it's not going to be your least expensive no. vacation experience. So we can talk to you about that. And, you know, nine months, at least you, then you have a decent timeline to, to plan. But then again, we've had clients that are like, sign me up. Let's go let's in two go. months. We're doing it now. Oh yeah. my gosh. We want to go and do what you did. Yeah. That's fine because Silver Sea does have the door-to-door -door program where all the flights, transportation from your home to, you know, airport yeah. is all taken care of. So that is doable, but typically I would say nine months to two years, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So their summer for Antarctica is actually the United, the North America's winter. Okay. So that's going to be the time frame that you're going to want to go. When we... When we went in November, it was kind of, it was more of their spring. Okay. We didn't get a lot of days of sun, but believe me, the days that we did get of sun, we were very happy to see. Yeah. But even without sun, it was just, it was majestic. I, it was just unfathomably majestic, just gorgeous. Yeah. And that's a good point, Tina, because yeah, when you say timeline, that's true. You can only go there during their summer months. You yeah. don't want to be there in winter. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wouldn't expect. No no, 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 no. I would have to expect the services of an expert travel advisor such as yourself would be very helpful in planning such an adventure. Yes, most definitely. Absolutely. I can't imagine doing yeah. it without without someone like us. Because of all the extra bells and whistles you got to pull together in the planning to make it all come together, right? Right. Yes. And especially if you want to spend more time in, in Chile. Yeah. Yes. We definitely would. We flew in the day that, you know, this package started. We didn't do any extra pre-stays. Oh my gosh, hands down. We would love to go in and fly, you know, into Patagonia. And, you know, if you have three weeks, oh my gosh, we can fill that time yeah. for you with amazing experience before you even see Antarctica. Yeah, well, exactly. And, you know, if you're, if you're going that far south, you may yes. as well make use of spending the money on the air to stay a little longer and, and tick off Absolutely. a few more things off the travel to-do list. Right. That all yes. makes sense. Yeah. Right. Well, folks, this is just absolutely super information. Is there anything else you might like to add before we wrap up? Probably just one thing. A lot of people will look at this and they'll, they'll come up and they'll be like, yeah, that's, that's just too expensive. I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, I just, I don't know. Right. kind of thought process. When it comes to Antarctica or even an expedition cruising, I'm not a huge cruiser. I would rather do a land-based vacation. However, if someone put another cruise expedition in front of me, I would grab it. And no doubts, nothing. You have no concerns. You're not worrying about, okay, what are we going to do? We got to find an excursion to do. Or are we just going to walk around? Right. None of that. Yeah. Um, everything. It's is a package deal. Yes. Yeah. Expedition cruising is probably the new way in my book to cruise. Right now they have the Kimberleys, which is in Australia. Yep. So it's nice and warm. They have also the uh, Arctic. Yep. The polar excursion or expedition. They even have Alaska. Alaska and there's um, another one that is Galapagos. over. In, oh, the, the Galapagos. They go but to the Galapagos. There's also one over in Europe. Yes. In my opinion, cruising and doing an expedition, like I said, is the new way to cruise. Yeah. These experiences you will never forget. You will 
never be able to really relay to someone just how phenomenal the experiences were. Yeah. And well, you'll carry them for a lifetime. Yeah. Well, let's right? put it this way. If you're somebody that vacations every year on a premium cruise line and you go every year, well, if you want to experience one of the one of these expedition cruises, then maybe you just go every two years because that would probably right. put you in the same ballpark on, on affordability, right? And it's just something so different and unique than yeah. your standard cruising product. Perfect. If folks wanted to reach out to either one of you about a expedition cruise with Silver Sea or another adventure, how would they do that? They can either call our office, Cruise and Travel Experts. Mm -hmm. It's in Spring Lake, Michigan. And I believe the number is on, is on the ticket there. And also email us. That would be another way. You can find our emails on that ticket below. But otherwise, just go to www.cruiseandtravelexperts.com. Uh, oh, perfect. And perfect. you can find us. I will leave that contact info information in the description for those folks that may like to reach out. Now, just before I let you go, I always have to ask, because like I said earlier, I live vicariously through the, the people I interview. Where are you guys off to next? What's what's your next travel adventure? Well, I just got um, off the icon of the seas. That is the brand new, hugest, largest ship oh, yeah. in the world now with Royal Caribbean. And it is amazing. And go. <laughs> if you want to you know, experience a fun Caribbean yeah. experience that has all the bells and whistles, this, this definitely has. Oh, super. And how about you, Tina? Me, I really don't have anything set up yet, but my next adventure is going to be Africa. So keep uh, on working on that and go enjoy some more wildlife. Africa's, oh. Africa's high on a lot of people's yes, travel to-do right. list. Yeah. Yes, An yes. icon of the seas is amazing. I, I did an interview with the sales director for Royal Caribbean a few months ago on icon and, and she's an amazing ship. So we'll have to have you back sometime to regale us with your adventures on icon. How's that sound? Sounds perfect. Sounds like a plan. We'd we'll, we'll love to do it. Yeah. And Tina, when you do the Africa thing, I'd love to hear from you too. Oh, I would be more than welcome to do that. So. <laughs> All right. Well, that's wonderful. So with that, I'm just going to wish the two of you safe and happy travels on all your future adventures, cruises, and destinations. May the wind always be at your back, and I hope to see the two of you on a Lido deck sometime in the future. Take care. Thank Thanks, you. Ken. Bye. Bye-bye. And that about wraps it up for today, folks. A very special thanks to my guests, Tina and Jennifer of Cruise and Travel Experts. If you'd like to reach Tina or Jennifer, I will leave their contact information in the description. As always, if you'd like to reach us, you can send a question to questions at realtravelexperts.com, visit our website, realtravelexperts.com, or simply leave a comment. We always respond. And as always, folks, if you enjoyed this content, a like, subscribe, and a ring of the bell is certainly appreciated and helps us to spread the word. So until next time, happy travels. Happy travels.